about having a cello. Just chilling, just chilling with a cello. Wow, man, that was just awesome. I want to. I'm in a series called "The Blessed Life." I encourage you. Just fill me on this. If you've not read "The Blessed Life," you really, honestly should. Uh, it is a wonderful book by Robert Morris. He wrote "The Blessed Church," "The Blessed Life." I know some people are reading it. It's my, if I could say, book of the month pick. You should get that. You would be tremendously. You know, I, I've, I've started about a thousand books that I probably read a chapter and go, dude, that just can't hold my attention. This will zap you in and you will want to continue to read it. I just encourage you to, to get into that if you haven't. People have started reading it. I've got Facebook and text about uh, how powerful it has been as they've read it. And I just encourage you to read that. Uh, today I want to talk to you about blessed to the core. Blessed to the core. What is the core? Come on, you guys. Where you live at? Coeur d'Alene. You better know what core means. It means your heart. Blessed to the heart. Blessed to the core. So we're going to dive into this. Let's, let's pray as we jump into God's Word this morning. Father, we thank you for the building that you've blessed us with. We thank you for the selling of this, for the buying of the other. Father, we lift up that to you, every little hoop we have to jump through. Father, architectural with the city. Lord, all the construction, everyone coming together. Lord, with good attitudes. Amen. Uh, Father, and helping all the... Uh, People is going to volunteer and give and give us bids. We dedicate all that to you. Just ask that you would please help us. Lord, thank you for this moment. I thank you that you're a God that wants to bless your people. Some people may not believe that, but you told Abraham a long time ago that he was going to be blessed. He was going to be blessed and he was going to be able to be a blessing and Father, we thank you for that. The father of our faith, Abraham, was a blessed man. And Father, you want, I believe, to bless your people to the core. So Lord, I pray as we unfold this word today, some of this is pretty radical and depth instruction, that we could get it and operate in it and be blessable. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, in the Greek, blessed, or in the Hebrew, actually, it means happy, uh, how many of you think it's okay to be happy? How many of you rather be sad than happy? How many would you rather be happy than sad? We got some people in here that want to be sad. Can we try that one more time? How many of you would rather be happy than sad? Good. Praise God. I mean, if we, I, think, uh, I think if we peel off the religion, the religiousity, and be real, we want to be blessed. And I don't mean that in a weird way in any form or fashion because you can be blessed and you're still going to go through things in life and so forth and so on, the dealings of God. But I think God wants to bless you. My question to you today is this. Are you blessable? Ask your neighbor right now, look at him right now in their eyes and say, are you blessable? Go ahead, look at him. No, 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 no. Look at him, tell him. Are you blessable? What qualifies you to be blessable today? Why should you be blessable? If you're born again, now listen to me. 
If you're born again today and the Spirit of God lives inside of you, you've been born again of the Spirit, you are blessed. You are blessed. If you're not born again today, I got news for you. You can change that today. You're here for a reason. Last night, people recommitted their life to Christ and every service, uh, last service, and today I'm talking to you. If you don't know Christ, don't leave out of here without knowing Christ. You can have a blessed life. Now, now, now listen to this. So when a person comes to know Christ, they are blessed. But it's not blessed because of something that you do. You're blessed because of what he did. You just believe. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe for the forgiveness of your sin. You believe that he be Lord and Savior of your life. And all of a sudden, you become a regal son or daughter of the Most High, forgiven, name written in a book of life, have eternal life. You are blessed simply out of the grace of God. Are you following that? After you're born again. After you're born again, after you know Jesus Christ, okay? What causes you to be blessable after that? What is the blessability factor in your life? I believe the Word of God is full of principles that He wants us to live by so that you can be, be blessable. Are you following me? Ask your neighbor one more time. Are you blessable? Listen to what Greg Laurie says about being blessed. Greg Laurie says, the word blessed is a wonderful word. Christians use the words blessed and blessing a lot. And most of the time, we mean it. There are several times when we use it as an expression to terminate a conversation that is going too long. We will say something to the effect of, well, that's great. Wow. Hey, praise the Lord and God bless you. This can be translated, please stop talking now. <laughs> that is, of course, is not the proper way to use the word blessing. Blessed is a Christian word. It's a spiritual word. It's a biblical word. It's been hijacked by our culture. People may talk about blessings in their lives, but the non-believer has no idea what a real blessing is. Because only the child of God truly knows what it is to be blessed. It is also worth noting that Jesus both began and concluded his earthly ministry blessing people. Blessability is spelt this way. Blessability. I'm not talking about you're blessed because you're saved. I'm talking about now living a blessed life according to God's word and his principle. This is how you spell Blessability. O B E D I E N C E. To the degree that you're willing to walk out with God, the principle that He's laid out in His Word for you will be according to your blessability factor. Let me give you an example. If you just eat junk food if you just eat junk food in life what do you think is going to take place if all you do i was in the south and i saw lots of junk food if all you do is eat junk food i guarantee you you're probably going to end up sick at some point and then we're like god why'd you make me sick 
God didn't make you sick at all. Matter of fact, he was striped on your back, on his back for your healing. But because you just eat junk food, that's a real simple thing, but just because you eat junk food, you're sick. Okay, let's get a little more spiritual with that, okay? Uh, You're buried in debt. Absolutely buried in debt. You're like, God, just let me win the lotto so I can get out of debt. Okay? And you're like, God, please bail me out of debt, please. And, and I think most of the time, he'll, he'll help you, but he's probably not going to bail you out of debt because he didn't put you in debt to begin with. You're breaking the principles of God. Now, me and my wife, we have debt right now, but we've been talking about a plan of getting completely, totally out of debt, right? Why? Because I want the blessability factor happening in my life. I want to be a good steward so God can bless me. Now, if He bails you out, what could possibly happen if you don't learn? As soon as He bails you out, you know what you do? You bail right back in and buried in debt again. God, why am I in debt? He's going, hey, I want to know, why are you in debt? Okay, principles. How about forgiveness? J.O., I'm just I'm just emotional basket case, and I just got so emotional. I just carry baggage of emotional problems. Have you forgiven? Well, no. There's a problem, Houston. Because if you're not willing to live according to his principles and forgive like he's forgiven you, then all of a sudden, you're going to have problems, you're going to have pain, you're going to struggle, okay, because you're not walking so that you can receive the blessability of God. Uh, how about this? J.O., I never hear from God. Never hear, I just never hear. Do you read His Word? Do you pray? Do you? And, and No, I, I don't pray and I don't read the Word, but I don't hear His voice. Well, you probably never will hear His voice. Uh, well, J.O., I have no friends. I have no friends. Just, I come to church because I just want one friend. Just give, I just need a friend. Well, are you friendly? Are you a jerk? Now, I didn't call anybody in this room a jerk. So don't be throwing your stones at me. I just ask you. Because the Bible gives us principle to live by. If you want a friend, guess what you have to be? Everyone say friendly. So find out, ask God. God, what is wrong with me that people don't like me? Right? And then begin to be friendly. Those are principles. Are you feeling me today? I'm talking about principles that we blame God and everybody else on. And he says, I've given you principles to live by that you can be blessable. Right? Uh, Jay, uh, there was this guy that came to his pastor and said, uh, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I struggle now with tithing. And the young man goes, well, tell me about it, sir. Well, when I, had, when I made $50 a week, I paid $5 a tithe. That wasn't a problem. Okay, what's the problem now? Well, I started making $500 a week and giving $50 to God, you know, on my tithe. That wasn't a problem. Okay, what's your problem? Well, now I make $5,000 a week, and that's $500 a week to give God tithing, and I struggle with that. Pastor, would you pray for me? And the pastor said, sure. I'll pray that you start making $500 a week again. 
It's principle. Are you following me? It's principles that God wants you to live by that causes you to raise the blessability factor in your life. I'm not talking about being born again. You can be born again, spirit-filled, water baptized, come to church all the time, and live miserable. Why? What are you talking about, J.O.? Because you're not living according to the principles of God. Not, you don't have the blessability factor going on. Are you following me? I need you to turn with me to a very important scripture today, Luke 6:38. Luke 6, 38. The Bible says, what's the first word in that scripture? Yeah. Will you say that with me? Yeah. Very first, I, that's important that you see because I'm going to bring your attention back to that in a few minutes. The Bible says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, press down shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. I asked all the services, and I'm going to do a little, a, little, you know, a little test on you right now, see where we are. How many of you have ever heard of Ron Cannoli before? Praise and worship pastor out of the 80s. If you heard of Ron Cannoli, stick up your hand. Just stick it up for a minute. I need to do some counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. About eight, nine people, okay? You're probably closer to maybe my age. I'm not, not sure, but you probably are. Ron Cannoli was a, just a, I don't know what he's doing now. Maybe he's still, but he did a song. Uh, it was based on this scripture right here. It said, He's saying it like this, give and it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Give and it will come back to you when you give. Give to the Lord. I can see him right now. The brother could just melt, right? Anybody remember that song? Remember that song? Powerful, powerful song. This scripture in the past has been used in the way of you would think that the scripture was only meant in the area of money, right? People have taught it in the area of money, used it before maybe tithes and offering in the area of money. I want to let you know today that honestly, the scripture, when you look at the content, it really has nothing to do with money. Now, when you take a principle and you apply it to many areas, it's such a broad principle, could it be used in the area of money? It absolutely could because it's such a broad principle. But I want you to see today where, what is the content of the Scripture? What was Jesus teaching on? What is the sermon that Jesus is laying? He's given instruction. He's preaching. He's teaching. He's given a sermon and what is he talking about? He's talking about, first of all, the scripture begins with give. What is he talking about giving? Well, I think you need to back up two verses, and we're going to start to un unfold it, and I think that you'll be able to see it. Look at verse 36 and 37. It says, Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. 
we see in those scriptures four things. Jesus speaks on giving mercy. Everyone say mercy. mercy. Jesus speaks on giving forgiveness. You with me? Jesus speaks on not, not giving judgment, not giving condemnation. Are you following me? Okay, so think about it this way. A principle is a principle no matter what, okay? You can't really break that principle. You'll probably break your own self on it. So let's look at the first one. It says, give mercy. Give mercy and it will be given to you. Press down, shaken together, and running over. It will be given to you and be put into your bosom. Do you know what mercy is? Mercy is, let me give you an example. We have a state highway patrolman in the back. Hi, sir. Good to see you, Chuck. Uh, if you were late for church today, and if you're driving 30 miles an hour over the speed limit, and he got behind you and pulled you over, and you started faking a little tear, and just like, I'm late for church, and, and, and for some reason he had uh, gave you a warning ticket instead of giving you a ticket, he would have been showing you mercy. Because what did you deserve? Now, I know you don't think you deserve it when the blue lights go on, the red lights, you're like, what was I doing, sir? What was I doing? You know exactly what you're doing. You're speeding, right? But he gives you a warning ticket and he shows you mercy. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Okay, are you with me? If you don't get what you deserve, Lamentation says his mercies are new every morning. I'm not here to preach about mercies this morning, but it's here to make a point. Give mercy and it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be put into your bosom. Give forgiveness, it will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be put into your bosom. Those are all good news. Now, it's a principle i got to share some bad news with you. Give judgment. It will be given to you. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. It will be put into your bosom. Give unforgiveness. It will come back to you. Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over. Give accusation. You under why? Why is why am I always dealing with accusation in my mind and everyone's accusing them? It probably began because you've accused. Because when you accuse, it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be put into your bosom. All of a sudden, you show condemnation towards someone. And before you know it, Jay, are you for real? Absolutely. I thought I was under the grace. You are under the grace when you start being obedient to what God's word says. Are you following me? Don't throw the flag, Grace. Don't throw the the flag grace if you're living like hell. Grace! Are you with me? You show love, it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. See, it's a principle, and if you want to be blessed to the core, you got to follow the principles of God. And it's, a, it's absolutely a, a beautiful thing. Where does the word press down, shaking together, running over comes from? Everyone say culture. culture. 
See, I was in South Carolina where I was raised last week. Uh, me and my wife was there. We was doing services there, and we had an absolutely outrageous, amazing time and saw people come to know the Lord and did a water baptism, and it was very, 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 very cool. But if I was to say this right now today, if I say something to you that's in the culture in South Carolina, if I say to you, hey, Bo, man, we're going to go to Watford's Barbecue, man. We're going to get some hash, uh, field peas, lima beans. We might grab a bag of uh, bull peanuts and sweet iced tea and get a cherry nut Sunday afterwards. You may be looking at me like you're looking at me right now. <laughs> like, what's that brother talking about? Because, good, because it's culture. It's culture. You may know what that means because you've heard about the South, but we live that in the South. Matter of fact, I went to Wofford's and got me some barbecue and hash, ate some bowl peanuts later on, and sweet iced tea, my cherry nut Sunday Dairy Queen shut down, didn't get that, but I'm just saying it's culture. <laughs> so what's Jesus talking about? Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. This is what he's talking about. In the Old Testament, there was two harvesters, primary harvesters and those who harvest the edge. Let's say right now, the, this building right here, we're a field. This is a field. We're all peas or butter beans or something. So, the, so listen, butter beans, I guess. So listen, the, the primary harvesters, the primary harvesters worked. They worked by the hour, and all of a sudden, they could only harvest the middle. So right through the middle here, they're working all day long, filling their baskets. They're not worried about if the basket's all the way to the top running over. They're not worried about that. All they do is they fill their basket, they take it over the trailer and pour it out and run back in. And they're working by the hour and they're just harvesting the middle of the field. That's the primary harvesters. But there was also, according to the law, you left the edge of the field for the poor and the poor would come in they wasn't working by the hour they were just trying to live they were trying to survive so maybe the father comes maybe he walked three miles to that field he has one basket he's back in the way corner because no one's been back there yet and he's picking his butter beans and he picks the butter beans and he puts it in his basket and it is a good measure after the good measure you know what he does he presses it down why so he can get more in there after he presses it down you know what he does he shakes it so it settles guess what happened instead of being at the top it's already ran way down to the bottom and now what does he do he keeps putting lima beans on it so it's what running all over Good measure. It'd be given to you in your bosom. And then what does he do? He takes that one basket and he walks two, three miles back to his house and that's their food and that there's, that's their livelihood. Are you seeing the, the difference? You, so, so whenever I say, you know, Watford barbecue and what have you in South Carolina, they know exactly what I'm talking about. When Jesus said that in his culture, when he was preaching that sermon and he was sharing with them, hey, Give, it will come back to you, pressed down, shaking together and running over, it will be put in your bosom. Everyone knew exactly what he was talking about. And guess what? Now you know exactly what Jesus was talking about. 
you know that when you give, no matter if it's good, no matter if it's bad, whatever you give, whatever comes out of your core, whatever you give is going to come back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, a good measure is going to be put into your bosom. So I think you should give mercy. How many of you agree? Should you give judgment? Should you give accusation? How about a drama queen? I'm a drama queen. I love drama. I like to be around drama. I like to create drama. You know what you're going to find about that drama queen? She's going to always be in drama. You know why? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You have the title of a drama queen because you sow it all the time. You're sowing it. See, you would never be mad at me right now about what I just said unless you're a drama queen. Right? Would you? That's, how, that's what truth does. That's what truth does, okay? So are y'all with me on this? You understand this morning, and what's important is that it comes out of your core, your heart. So since we're talking about farming, and we're talking about seeds, and we're talking about baskets and good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, let's talk about seeds just for a minute, because seeds only produce likeness. All the way since Genesis, whatever is seed, if you plant a cotton seed, what kind of plant do you, uh, plant, what, what kind of plant do you think is going to come up? It better be cotton, or we, we got some jacked up seeds, Right? So think about this just for a moment. In South Carolina, uh, every year we planted a garden. My, my papa, nanny, would have me out there planting, hot and humid. He's already plowed up the ground, cultivated it, and made these rows. And then say I'm planting corn for a minute. And every, every hill of corn, we'd put two or three seeds in that. And out of the two or three seeds, in about a month or so, there's a plant and there's a tall uh what are they called stock stock of corn and it has ears on it and on the ears i think they should be called cornies i do but they're called kernels why does a why does a a, a, why does a, a corn plant why is it called a stock and why does it have ears and why are they called kernels why aren't they called cornies? But let's, let's look at it. So the plant is full of, the plant is full of ears. The plant's full of ears. And on each ear, there's an average of 400 kernels on it. Four, multiple corn, multiple ears with 400 kernels on each ear out of two or three seed. Jail, jail, jail. I get it, jail. What, what, what do you mean by that? You plant two or three seed of mercy, guess what's going to come back to you? 400 sweet seed of mercy, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, give, and it will come back to you. Bad news, bad news. You plant two or three seed of accusation, Get, guess what those ears are going to be full of? 400 sweet seed, actually bitter seed, 
of accusation. Give and it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom. It could be forgiveness. And man, sweet seed of forgiveness comes back to you. But condemnation, you give it out. Guess what? Hey, don't give it out if you can't take it. Because if you give it out, it's coming back at you. That's biblical principle right there. But I know you, and I know what you want to do. You want to plant good seed and produce good fruit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You're not looking to bring judgment or accusation or anger, all those things, man. You want good. You want your ears being full of good seed. Amen. Are you with me? So what does it have to do with? It has to do with what's coming out of your heart and what are you planting all the time is so absolutely vital. Now, let's look a little bit further back in the scriptures because I want you to see purely what Jesus is preaching today. Look at verse 30. Verse 30, you're going to see one word that starts out the sentence. You there? What's the word? Wow. Give, and he'll stretch you on this one. You ready for the radical scriptures of Jesus? Are you sure? You sure? Because Jesus will stretch you like Gumby. If you think he's all peachy and all hippie Jesus, I got news for you. He's a radical Jesus. He's a consuming fire. Look what he says. Give to everyone who asks you. Wow. And from he, him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? And even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping nothing <laughs> in return. Boy, that is just straight up not American. Not of this world. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. For he's kind to the unthankful and evil. So what is the sermon? Look at the sermon. Radical sermon. You think I got radical sermons. Can't touch Jesus' sermons. Wow. (laughs) Give to everyone who asks you. Give love to undeserving. Give to those who can't pay back. Give good to the undeserving. Give hope in returning of nothing. Uh, Give love to your enemies. And look what the principle is. And you will receive a great reward. We don't do it to get, but because we understand the principles of God, when your motive of giving is right in anything that you do, it's going to come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be put into your bosom. The sermon is not about quick, rich scheme. 
The sermon is nothing about getting. The sermon is everything about giving. <laughs> giving. It's a fact, clearly, that God gives good measure back to you. Motive is real important. Here's the motive. We give because we love. Everything else is weird. Everything else is weird. Love's got to be the motive. Why is love the motive? Because the greatest two commandments is love. Here, look, look. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. Love the great. Love is the greatest. Love is the, the motive. We love, we, we love because we love. We give grace because we love. We give forgiveness because we love. We give, we, we, we give hope because we love. We give the gospel to Jesus because we love. It's all the motive is love. Matthew 10, 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received. Now freely give. We love and we want we love and we want to imitate our Father in heaven who, who is a giver. It's about our heart and our focus. Our proper, proper focus core, heart, is we give to give. Let me say that. Let me say that again. A proper focused heart is we give to give. And whenever you give to give, guess what happens? you're going to be blessed. I don't know what it's going to look like, but you're going to be blessed. How do I know that? Because it's the Word of God. When the mo it's all about the motive of your heart. I want to talk to you about three circumcisions of the heart. I say circumcisions just to get all the guys' attention. kind of. <laughs> not, not to be crude. I don't mean to be crude at all. It's just like, man, the Bible uses circumcision, circumcision of the heart. you know, And it just like, will really uh, wake you up. Right? Once again, I don't mean that in any crude way, but God does do a cutting. The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to separate the spirit and the soul of a person. It's able to separate the intents of the heart. If you're a manipulator, what does manipulators do? They try to twist people's mind and heart. What does the word come in there and do? He comes in and cuts the manipulation right out of you. How do you know, J.O.? Because I was a chief manipulator. He'll just come in by his, and it's a good thing. Cuts like a knife, but it feels so right. Yeah. No joke. The first circumcision of the heart is the selfish heart. Selfish heart. If you're in a marriage right now, it's not good for you to have a selfish heart. A parent, it's not good for you to have a selfish heart. A Christian, it's not good for you to have a selfish heart. Selfish heart is all inward. What does selfish heart mean? It means the lacking of consideration of others. It's all about you. It's all about me. It's all about I, oh, I, oh, me, oh, my. Concerned chiefly on one's own personal profit or pleasure. Listen to the scripture. 
Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 9. If there is a young, uh, if there is among you a poor man, could be young, poor man of your brethren within any of the gates of the land which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart, all about the heart, nor shut your hand from the poor brethren, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Beware, lest there be, look at this, a wicked thought in your hardcore. What is the wicked thought? Selfishness. Saying, the seventh year, at the seventh year, all, if you owed me something, it would be completely jubilee. It would be completely, I'd give it to you. So let's say it's 364 days, six, six years and 364 days, and you want a loan. He says, hey, don't you, hard, don't you be wicked. Don't harden your heart. Seventh year, this, the year releases at the hand, and your eye be evil against your brother, poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. Selfishness. What do you do with selfishness? Well, circumcision is cutting. You cut, you can't cast flesh out. You can't counsel a demon, Jack Hayford says. Can't counsel a demon. And you can't cast out flesh. You have to die to flesh. And you have to cut off the flesh. So what do you cut off? You cut off the self. Are you with me? You're awful quiet now. You cut it off. You die to flesh. You can pray all day long, God, just help me. God, deliver me. You, you have to die to flesh. Somebody come up here with a porno uh, problem. My son wore a shirt yesterday when he preached. It said, porn, I got one of them too. I'm going to wear it one day. It says, porn kills love. So you come up here and you're like, cast a demon of pornography out of me, J.O. I ain't casting no demon of pornography out of you. Well, pray that I get... Nope. I pray that you die to that. I pray you put it to death. I'm just being real. You die to the flesh. You cut it off. Selfishness. Are you with me? Some of you are looking at me like, dude, I'm going to cut him when he comes out. I'm your best friend right now. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help your wife. Your family. Look, look uh, selfish. Wow. Let's look at the next one. You know, we were in South Carolina, and before we even got to the church, I drove a certain way to go by where my sister was killed. I drove right by the crossroad, right where she was laying when I pulled up and I saw her dead. And I had... Right when I got born again, you guys, man, the Holy Spirit, I'll never forget. You got to forgive him. I did not want to forgive him. He caused me more pain. I'm just being, can I be real? He caused me more pain than I ever remember anything in my life. And I forgave him. And I had to do it like this. God, I forgive him. 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 I'm not feeling it, but I forgive him. And now, I do absolutely, completely forgive him. Why? Press down, shaking together, and running over. Give. See, I forgave. And who was I? 
to hold back unforgiveness because I was the chief offender. I was jacked up in sin. Forgive. Give. Number two, not just a selfish heart, but here, a grievous heart. Grievous heart. What do you mean by that, J.O.? Listen to this. Deuteronomy 15, 10 through 11. You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved. Grieved. Look what it says. If you give and your heart's not grieved, what will take place with you? It's beautiful. Should not be grieved when you give to him because this thing, the Lord your God, look what God will do. Will bless you in all your works and in which you put your hand for. For the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore I command you saying, you shall open to your hand to the brethren, to the poor, your needy in your land. I got such a good, awesome Father God that every time He's very faithful to deal with greed and selfishness and grieving in my heart. He's very faithful. One time, and this, this particular story does have to do with money, one time my wife heard from God to give an offering. And her, I was a poor youth pastor. And she said, Lord spoke to her to give this offering. And I stepped out of the spirit into the flesh. I was like, what? I was grievous and angry. And I, I'm, a, I'm paid on staff at that church. And I left the sanctuary. Can you believe your pastor did that? Can I just be real? Grievous. I was like, woman, I work hard for that money. So hard for it, honey. And you're going to give it all an offering. And God began and does deal with my greedy, selfish, grievous heart. He's faithful. What, why grievous? Have you ever grieved after someone that died? Someone that you really, you, you really loved. You really loved that person, didn't you? You, you grieve the deepest when you really, really, really love. Yes, Are you feeling me? Yeah. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Yes, J.O., I can take care of you. I want you to love me, and I'll do the rest. Yeah. Don't you be loving money. So God's dealt with me in my heart in that fashion. The last one is fearful. Fearful. Say that with me, fearful. fearful. Selfish heart, circumcision, grievous heart. See, if, listen to this. A selfish heart will keep you from giving, whatever it may be, love, grace, mercy. It will keep you from giving. A grievous heart will get you after you give. It will attack you afterwards. You're like, oh my goodness. You ever went and bought a car before? You're like, man, that car looks cool, man. I'm buying that car today. I got an interest rate. And the next day you're like, what did I do? <laughs> now, that's kind of a different deal. But it's kind of like in the same kind of neighborhood. 
What I'm talking about is more spiritual and deeper, grievous. So you can feel me on that. Well, with the fearful heart, Fear just wants to absolutely control your life, wants to be so big and make God so little that you can't, you're so fearful to love again because you were hurt in love. Love hurts. You know, you are just so jacked up in love. Trust. You won't trust because someone broke your heart and broke your trust. You won't forgive. You're like, I'm not going to forgive that person. That person created so much pain for me. I've got to hold on to that person because if I hold on to them in unforgiveness, I'm going to make pain for them. And the only person that's making pain for is you right or you won't give financially why because you're like i just man i don't know if i'm gonna have enough i don't know if i can trust god fear let me tell you a story in the bible about done there was three servants and a master was leaving and he gave the servants he gave one servant five talent which is a sum of money he gave another servant uh two talents and he gave another the servant one talent. Well, the, the guy with the five, God is very, very in to you being diligent and a faithful steward and taking care of what he's given you. He really is. It's big. I mean, it's a, it's a huge part of the teachings of Jesus. So this guy had five. He did some trading and work, and he got five more. The person with two did some trading and what have you, got two more. Master comes back, looks at them. Wow! Done, good and faithful servant. You know what he did? I'm going to give you a ton. I'm paraphrasing here, but if you look it up, I'm pretty close. I'm going to bless. I'm going to give to you. But the one with the one talent, you know what that guy did? He went and buried it. Why did he bury it? The Bible says he was afraid. Oh, I knew that you reaped where you didn't sow, and I was afraid. You know what that master did? You wicked, lazy servant. Pretty harsh words, huh? And he took the talent from him and gave it to the one who had ten. And he talks about those who have less is going to have lesser. Those who have more going to have. You ever heard the, the term before, the poor gets poor and the rich gets richer? Well, there's principles that you can live by. Or not live by and see that in your life. Come on, God gives us his word so that you can be blessable. Are you with me today? Straight up. Now what God wants for us in closing today is that I really feel that he wants to give us a new heart. And a new heart, you know, uh, Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh core okay with that i think he wants to do two things he wants us to be generous everyone say generous 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 in everything generous in your love generous in grace why so to be pressed down shaken together and running over generous generous in the areas of kindness how, do you, how many of you know it's probably if you're a Christian, it might be nice if you're kind, yeah. right? You know, I can be kind of intense, and I don't mean to be a jerk sometimes, but I probably can be a jerk. I fall short. And it's like, God, I want to be kind. 
Come on, a new heart of kindness, generous in kindness, generous in love, generous in every area of our life. Why? Because when you do that, don't walk out of here not knowing this principle. It'll be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Got your basket, man. I'm full. I'm full. It'll be put into your bosom. The measure that you use, it will be given back to you. The next one is a grateful heart. Say that with me, grateful. I want to read a very scary verse right now about the area of gratefulness. I find that whenever I'm stressed and going through life, cares, troubles, anxieties, that I can get pretty ungrateful real quick. Am I the only one in the room like that? Are y'all with me? Good, you make me feel better. <laughs> Listen to the scripture. This is radical. Romans 1.21 Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful. Woo! Because they didn't glorify God, nor were they thankful. Look what took place inside of their heart and their mind. Look what it says but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts became darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Why? Unthankfulness. I remember the old song. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Anybody remember that? You do? Tell me one thing that you're thankful for right now. Shout it out. Oh, he's pointing at his wife. One at a time. Huh? Your apartment? Place to live? Salvation? Everything in your life? Worship team? Pat, thank you. Love you guys. Thank you. Me and Radine love you. Freedom? Now let me say this. Let me say something to you right now. Let me, can I challenge you with something? If that was hard for you to find something thankful for, you need to ask God, God, renew my heart. Give and it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Amen. We stand to your feet today. Whitworth team was like, man, they got four services, man. We in church for days at Heart of the City Church. (laughs) Would you bow your head for a moment? I just want you to listen to me real good. The person that don't want to listen to me right now, you're the one that I want you to listen to. Jesus came to give you a life. He came to give you life and life abundantly. He came to give you salvation. He came to give you a way to have a relationship with Father God. He came to give you 
a path to heaven. He came to give you eternal life. And what does he want you to do? He wants you to believe. He wants you to say, Jesus, I surrender. You're my Lord, my God, my King. Jesus did it all so that you could be blessed. And it blows me away that Jesus did all of that and people still reject it. I don't get that. But I don't think that you should reject it today. I think that you need to receive what Jesus has given you so freely through his grace. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus or you've walked away from him, we want to pray for you right now. I just need you to raise your hand going, J.O., that's me. I need to get right with Christ. See that hand? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? Don and Debbie right here. I want them to pray for those that raise their hand. Pray with you. Agree with you. Pray with you. Give you some great instruction. Would you just walk up here?